Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Adam. And this is Amir. And welcome back to the show. So, uh, today is going to be Season 5, Episode 10. And, Amir, who are we talking about today? Today we're going to be talking about Mice and Men. Okay, so since you know about since you know a lot about these guys a lot more than I do, I'm going to let you start off and kind of tell me who they are and what you think about the, these guys. Alright, so a Mice and Men was formed after Austin Carlisle left Attack Attack. Now, Attack Attack recently have come back as a band. They have two original members still in the band, but it's a completely new lineup. As you know, Caleb from uh, Beartooth, he was part of Attack Attack as well. He left the band, formed Beartooth. Austin left the band and formed of Mice and Men alongside Shaylee and the rest of the guys. Now, um, Attack Attack and of Mice and Men, I don't want to say they have a very similar style. I guess in terms of screams, yes, but Attack Attack kind of revolutionized everything, and then of Mice and Men kind of picked up after that, and that's where you got a lot of the bands uh, in the early Rise record days that kind of had their signature sound, like bands like What Was Me, uh, Mice and Men, you know, Crown the Empire, and all that stuff. They they had that signature sound, and that was mainly inspired from uh, Attack Attack. Yeah. But Austin eventually left Attack Attack and formed a Mice and Men, and they released their first album in 2010, which was actually their self-titled album. Now, in total, they released um, two albums with Shaylee as the lead singer before Austin took over, I mean before Aaron took over um, with Restoring Force and then he's been on vocals ever since and then Austin left the band whenever um, they finished recording Cold World because of his Marfison Syndrome and it was every time he would scream, every time he was on tour, it was just excruciating pain for him. So he decided <clears> to call it quit. Uh, not sure if he's going to release any music or anything, or I'm not sure what his next project is. I'm, I'm thinking he's uh, I, I think he's gonna re- he's gonna record maybe in the future, hopefully at least. But for right now, I think he's focusing on um, being like a Christian leader in some type of program because I know he's really religious big on his faith and whatnot. yeah but other than that that's pretty much it the band is still going strong a lot of people believe that they weren't gonna really amount to anything once Austin left the band but I mean Aaron he was in a band before of Mice and Man he was in Jamie's Elsewhere and so you know he knows what he's capable of doing he's a great lyricist great vocal he can play bass the man can do it all so you know I had no I had no doubt that he would continue carrying on the band and plus the other members of the band you know they they do their job pretty damn well so let's let's get into the self-titled okay so it was 2010 when the self-title came out so uh what did you think of this record of their debut you know for a debut album man this this album right here has a bunch of legendary songs. It's kind of what put the band on the map. Other than the fact that it had Austin, you know, and he had made a name for himself with Attack Attack. So obviously, you know, fans carried over 
from that. But this this album was phenomenal, man. Like you you had some signature songs on there. Obviously, Second and Sebring being probably the most popular. That was the first one I wrote down on my list. Was Second and Sebring. Because that song is about Austin's mother um, when he passed. He, she passed away when he was 17 years old from the same disease that he suffers from, which is Marfison syndrome. And, uh, you know, that song really resonated with a lot of people. And, and that really blew up, man. That's still, to this day, I think, one of their most popular songs, if not their most popular. That music video, you know, it, just, it takes people for kind of a spin. Yeah, it really resonates with a lot of people, great lyrics and I think that's one of the things that sets this band aside from like early Askin Alexandria per se because let, let's face it, Askin Alexandria, though they had the sound, their lyrics were shit. It's about partying, <laughs> drugs. I mean they didn't they didn't write about anything except for hey, let's get high and let's be edgy, you know? Yeah. Whereas of mice and men, Austin, you know, they, they wrote they wrote about like real deep topics and real, you know, real good topic he wrote about his his faith and in christianity he wrote about losing his mother his battle with depression and mental illness and whatnot and like that's a, that's a theme you'll find throughout all of the records really it's like personal things yeah like things per- going on personal with them. exactly uh another great song on this album was uh <clears throat> it's spelled ydg but it stands for your dick <laughs> i swear to god that's track just- number one i believe and because, you know, that was the first track I always listened to when I was going through all these uh, all these albums. That was a really good song. It was a really good song. And, and, and one thing you pointed out to me uh, is that the, the clean vocals, man. And Chaley, I got to give him credit where credit is due. That man, uh, although I love Aaron, Chaley just was a league of his own. He is in a new band, though, called uh, Day Shell. If you ever want to check out, you know, just his clean vocals, um, you can always do that and find him making new music with Day Show. Maybe we'll do an episode on him in the future. But that was an amazing song, and, and then it kick-started a series of two sequels to that song. Um, one of them being still YDG, and then the other one being... YDG Forever? Forever YDG, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or you dig, or you, however it's supposed to be pronounced. But when I saw that, when I saw going through all the records, because I did listen to all of them, when I saw that like they were still trying to con- continue the, uh, I guess from the starting point of y- <laughs> YDG, I was like, as soon as I saw like Forever YDG, I was like, are you serious right now? <laughs> this is like the third straight record. I think they, that- just, I think they just wanted to like. I feel like at that point it's kind of like a meme song for them. <laughs> Basically, they're just like, all right, whatever. Like, if it happens the first time, it's like, oh, cool, it's, it's just a good song. And then, like, once you start getting like a sequel of a certain songs, you're just like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm starting to see like a trend here. <laughs> what are some What are some gems hidden in this album for you? So uh, I'm gonna wrote down, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you all the ones that I wrote down while I was taking notes on the record. One, obviously, is Second and Sebring, John Doe's trios. I thought that was a really good song. Um, Farewell to Shady Glade. That song right there is just a fucking masterpiece. My favorite song off the record, though, is 7,000 Miles for What? I was just about to say that. That song right there. 
song is phenomenal. The clean vocals in that song are top notch. Dude, and even towards like the the last two two minutes of the song, when you get that back that that background play where it's like like that playing in the background with the clean vocals, fucking superb. Definitely my favorite track from the record. This, this album didn't have any bad songs whatsoever. It didn't. Like I liked all the songs. It was really really cool. Um, also another another good song that I thought was on there was called uh, the the Tommy Clayton ballad or something like that. The, That's what I wrote down. I, yeah, I didn't have enough space to write ballad it. Ballad of uh, Tommy Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was a really great song too. Uh, <clears throat> the, the album had really fantastic sound and had some really badass riffs that played in the tracks the cleans are obviously amazing um a lot of the songs they actually change tempo quite a bit so it would start off one way and then it would pick up and then it would slow back down it was just a constant constant changing thing throughout I, a lot of the tracks and I thought that was great I noticed in this album it, it has something that I know you're a big fan of when the song leads into lead directly into the next track, and they all do that. They all do that. Yeah, yeah I, I know. As as I was going through each one, I started noticing. That. I was like, wow. As soon as one ends, you literally hear the ending of the previous song right when the right when the next song starts. I'm like, wow, that's 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 just freaking amazing. How they all like tie together like that. <clears throat> but uh, I will say this right off the bat, because uh, I did listen to all their records before we did this episode. Their self-titled is, is my favorite one. Just because, like, it has so many memorable tracks. And the fact that I didn't dislike any of these tracks on this album. And that's why I consider it my favorite from all of them. Because I did listen to all of them. Um, <clears throat> we'll keep going down the list. Just so I, we can give you your thoughts on it. On any of the other records. But as of right now, uh, self-titled is still my absolute favorite. From the band, as of right now. <clears throat> So, uh, let's move on to The Flood. This is literally the next year in 2011. I'm going to let you take the lead on this because I know this is your favorite record. So, why don't you tell me what you think of The Flood? Yeah, The Flood's a phenomenal record, man. This would probably be their signature record where everyone would agree, you know, this is probably their favorite out of the entire uh, lineup that they have as far as album goes. This record right here kind of cemented their name in the genre as being one of the big dogs. And, I mean, this record had some incredible hits. The Depths is a song they still play to this day on tour. Uh, you had OG Loco, The Flood is another song they still play. Uh, still still Whitey Jean. <laughs> Yeah, there we go with that thing. But there's a question I wanted to ask you. And I was trying to ask you this before we did the episode, like a few days before this. <clears throat> Excuse me. But um, I was trying to ask you was, as I was going through the record uh, on YouTube Music, I noticed that they have two different versions of the album. Like there's one that has like the standard, the standard number of songs in there. And then there's another one that you can click on that has a couple of extra songs. But they... Uh, there's, there's tracks that are on there that weren't on the original that I listened to. So I was wanting to know if you if you knew anything about that. Like, the track The Flood, that's not on the original album. No, the the, the <laughs> one I'm referring to is, is like a deluxe reissue of the yeah. album that has a couple more songs. Yeah, that, that's that's the one I was talking about. Definitely need to listen to the reissue, though. Yeah, I, I ended up just listening to the... To, I listened to the normal one, 
that had all that had all the tracks that the re, that the, the reissue had, and all the songs that I didn't have on the first one, I listened to those specific tracks that weren't on the other one. But for me, this is kind of like the self-titled man. It's it's just no bad songs whatsoever. If I had to pick a favorite, oh man, that's a tough one. Probably um probably the flood or product of a murder. I think those are really good songs. No, I remember that one. Uh, when you can't sleep at night, that's a really popular song by the band as well. It's a bit of a slower song, acoustic, something you can literally fall asleep to when you can't sleep at night. Uh, My Understandings was a good one. Let Live. Let Live was a great one. That's I'm, that's cur- I think that's currently my favorite track from the album. I mean, this this album really displayed uh, Jay Lee's vocal capabilities. He really let loose on this album and just went crazy in the studio as far as uh, as far as his vocals went and this album was phenomenal man even Austin on um, even Austin on vocals man they did something phenomenal and it, it, it is heavier than their self-titled I will give them that it is heavier than their self-titled yeah they it definitely really, is heavier really pulled it off on this album one thing I, I noticed though is that um, and you would probably notice this towards the end of the album that Austin's screams started to uh get less powerful as he went on you could really tell yeah when, I did notice that when his Marfison syndrome started to affect his health and there, and there was a lot of like you know you you mentioned this earlier when we started but there there's there's so many so many changes from uh, from vocalists and other members and stuff and constantly swapping out and things like that I mean e- even now on tour um, Aaron doesn't play bass anymore they got a, a touring bass player. Aaron specifically focuses on vocals. Interesting. So, uh, the the tracks that I have written down, I didn't I didn't write down too much because I think I think I kind of I finished the album before I could fully pick all my tracks. But the ones I did write was uh, "Let Live," uh, "Purified," "Repeating Apologies." and The Flood which was obviously from the reissue that I listened to but I loved all those tracks it was a really great album but honestly though like as, as much as I as, as good as I thought it was it, it for me it was just lacking something that, that the self-titled gave me and I, I don't want that to sound like anything negative I mean it, it's not it doesn't take anything away from the albums the album is fucking fantastic but there was just something with the self-titled that kind of drew me more into it and the fact that it just had more memorable tracks but The Flood definitely is an amazing album it's on my playlist now so I mean like this they're self-titled and The Flood are both on my playlist now so uh let's go ahead and move on to Restoring Forest this is 2014 three years later so it's a little bit of a a three year gap it's been a recurring theme throughout the course of this show um, what did you think of Restoring Force? This is actually the album that got me into the band, to be honest with you. Um, because I first heard the track, You're Not Alone. That kind of just popped up one day in my recommended. Because I remember my brother used to listen to the band a lot. Mm-hmm. And then he showed me the song, and I'm, I listened to the lyrics behind it. I'm like, oh, shit. Really nice lyrics, you know? Um, which, again, is one of the themes that they have throughout their album this really positive inspiring lyrics and whatnot and um 
that was the first song I heard off of the album, and I really liked it. And I went back and listened to the other track on there, and it just, it really inspired me. I mean, songs like uh, Feels Like Forever, Bones Exposed, Would You Still Be There is one of my favorites. Yeah. I have to say my number one off of the album. You're Not Alone, obviously. Glass Hearts. Glass Hearts. Another You. I mean, this album was, was phenomenal as well. Um, Identity Disorder. Austin did have, in some songs, you could tell he started to take on more of kind of like a singing room. Mm-hmm. Maybe less screaming. They moved towards that uh, kind of softer radio, not really radio rock, but a, a softer sound in which Austin experimented with his vocals. The clean vocals were, were really great in, on this album. I got to give Aaron credit. Yeah, he did a phenomenal job. Yeah, they were really, really good. Um, even Austin, even when he was singing and not really screaming, um, his vocals were phenomenal. And and the thing with Restoring Force is they released a couple of tracks um, as kind of like a bonus to Restoring Force. And one of my favorites was uh, Broken Generation. And that's the one that kind of solidified like, okay, no matter how these guys go, as far as direction of music they can still pull it off because I think that's when they started to shift towards that rock sound that you would hear in uh, Cold Cold World uh, I can't say that fucking word <laughs> Cold Cold World yeah <laughs> but dude I just I just want to say something really quick Space Enough to Grow the cleans in that fucking song were they literally just gave me like reminders of memory fiction from Era. The cleans in that song were so fucking awesome. It's literally one of the... Oh my god, I can't even describe it. It was just so, so amazing. The cleans in that track were just so fucking awesome. Uh, so, let me see. thought it was a pretty solid album. Uh, the album did have a lot of great riffs in there, too, with a lot of their tracks. Uh, the clean vocals were great. Had lots of, lots of really great tracks. Uh, the ones I wrote for is Glass Hearts. Identity Disorder, You're Not Alone, Space Enough to Grow. Like, there's a lot of really, really great songs on this album. And I did right at the beginning, like, right as soon as I started taking notes for it, I was like, it's a pretty solid album. Thought it was really, really good. You got anything else you want to say on Restoring Force before we move on to Cold World? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. I mean, this, this, was, this was the last album where Austin kind of carried that uh, metalcore sound with him. The next album would be a drastic change. Yeah, and we're about to get into that. So, let's go ahead and move on to Cold World. So it's two years later, it's 2016. Uh, right off the bat, you can already tell just from the opening track that it's a, it's a much slower start to the album, so you know that something's going to be different with it. That was one of my, I think that was one of my favorites off of the album, Game of War. Mm-hmm. It, like you said, that was a really it, great song. It is a slower start to the album. Yeah, it's it's a slow song. Uh, I did like the sound of it though. I mean, I didn't hate it. I thought it was really cool. I mean, and I even wrote it's it's definitely not as heavy as the first three albums, because like Restoring Forest was like kind of that moment where you knew that something was going to change, and then right here in Cold World is when you officially got that change. So, uh, <clears throat> the clean still sounded great, which were fucking awesome. Um, there's a lot of good tracks on this album, too. Uh, very first one I wrote down, Down the Road. That was such a great, great fucking track. Lo- really, really great lyrics in that song. If I had to pick a top three, I'd probably say Real, The Lie, and Pain. 
I'm not even kidding you. Look, right here. Favorite tracks, Real, The Lie, Pain. And Pain is even circled. <laughs> I think Pain was probably the best on the album. There's just, man, that song was just solid. That song was fucking amazing. And honestly, like, I know, like, I'm not, I haven't been, like, a big fan of this, of these guys for a long time. But literally just listening to that record and seeing how different it sounded compared to their first three, I don't hate that sound. Like, I think I think it sounded really good. I mean, even though it's not really, you know, typically what they're known for, I mean, at least for their for their normal sound. I didn't hate it either. I thought they actually did a pretty good job of pulling off that sound. It's it's like the, ex- the experimenting thing, like, that's been constantly going on with all these groups that we talk about where, you know, after you do music for a little while, you want to try something else. Just to see, just to see the things that you can kind of do with some of your tracks and, and things like that, and your production. And the, here it looks like they decided to try to go for like a more of a hard rock kind of a sound. Maybe, maybe with the hint and touch of like some heavy things here and there, but for this record is purely like that hard, heavy rock sound instead of like the you know their usual style. Uh, down the road. Away, Transfigured, Real, The Lie, Pain, and then I also put Relentless on here. I thought Relentless was a really good track too. <clears throat> so, um, how did you, like, what, what's your full opinion on, like, compared to the first three in, like, this shift of sound? Like, the first time you heard it? I think, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I think it's, and, and, you know, when you go and you look at everything they've done, including the recent album with Aaron and whatnot, I think this is probably their weakest effort. And that's not to say that's a bad thing, just to say that um, compared to what they can do, this was kind of a little bit of a step back, but still a solid effort nonetheless. Uh, great album. I would definitely give it a listen, especially if, especially if you're not into the, the whole metalcore sound. Maybe if you're not a fan of, you know, unclean vocals and you want to give maybe kind of a, a gateway album to a friend to listen to so that they can get into a heavier genre so they yeah, can I'm get gonna, into metalcore. I'm going to show this album to Tony, maybe see if this will kind of broaden his horizon. This will, this will probably be a solid album to get someone into the genre and then they can work their way up to heavier bands. Um, honestly, I thought the sound was great. You know, uh, I miss Austin being in a band. I really do. But after this, it's when a Mice and Men, in my opinion, really started to get some attention. They really started to explode because when Aaron took over, man, he did not hold back. <laughs> and with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into the next their next record. This is album number five, I believe. Yeah, it's five. Uh, Defy, which was 2018. It was two years after Cold World. Cold World. I'm starting. To, I'm starting to look, freaking lose my grip. I'm trying to say that now. Cold World. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. I just can't fucking talk right. Who knows? So let's move on to Defy. 2018. Uh, instantly, right off the bat, is the title track, which you know we talked a little bit about that in the past. You know, especially with Brand of Sacrifice, where their title tracks are at the end of their two records, and then theirs is at the beginning for this one. Uh, the title track was also really great Defy uh, the cleans in this record were fucking awesome did you like the cleans? I did yeah I've, all, I've always been a big, big fan of Aaron's cleans 
It is heavier than, than Cold World. Uh, Austin had left the band by now. So, you know, there was that big pressure on what are they going to do now? They don't have Austin. Austin was the big centerpiece of the band. What's going to happen? Is Aaron going to be able to pull it off? Well, I mean, so many people when this album came out were just shit talking. Oh, this is not going to be the same band. Oh, they're not going to be good anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And then the first single he dropped, I believe, was Unbreakable. And mm-hmm. that was like Aaron's middle finger <laughs> to everybody who said that he couldn't continue the band because he was like, fuck you guys. Here's a heavy track. We can still do this. Of Mice and Men isn't just one person. Damn straight. Because that is that that honestly made my, my favorite track list on here too is Unbreakable. So that just proves that it did something. Uh, so it definitely is heavier than Cold World. Some epic ass riffs, Vertigo. How will you live? Instincts. How, how will you live? That was a really, that was a really deep song, man. It was. Uh, instincts. Instincts. Oh man, that solo in that song, <laughs> fucking phenomenal. The title track, I would see Defy, which uh, it was, it was a really great opener for the album too. When I listened to Defy, I saw a comment under there, and this is what I, what I refer back to, um, to Aaron's lyricism. I read a comment under the music. Not the music video, but the lyric video. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, this motherfucker pulled out the Oxford Dictionary just to write this song. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. It's, he kind of did, man, because he he uses a lot of a lot of words that you that you don't think you know somebody could, could use in lyrics. He's very poetic with his lyrics. Yeah, and that kind of reminded me of Silent Planet, where Silent Planet's always using like these really big words. And they're able to string them together into like rhymes and shit, and it's, it kind of blows your mind. I can't wait to talk about them in the future because that, that's going to make a really interesting episode. Um, so the title track, "Back to Me," uh, that was a solid one. Yeah, that was a really good track. No, no screams in that song, but man, that was just the unclean, the, the clean vocals in that song is just phenomenal. Even the music video for it, I really like. Man, I it, the music video makes me miss concerts so fucking much, dude. I know we're. I really want to see these wow. guys in concert, dude. Cause Aaron, I've seen footage of him live. That dude can sing his fucking heart out on the stage, dude. I really want to see him live in the mix. Well, keep an eye out. If they ever come to town, man, we're just we're, we're gonna have to go and see them and start adding them to the collection up there. Maybe we can get some shit signed, stuff like that. Holy. I've been to two concerts, but I've only ever had one thing signed. If I get to meet a mice and men, man, that would make my brother so fucking jealous. <laughs> I would rub it in his face. I'd be like, look, bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> remember on my old phone, I had the picture of a, that I took with Craig? Yeah. Well, my phone fucked up, and I don't have that picture anymore. Yeah, um, I'm kind of glad I don't have that picture anymore because, man, I was fat as fuck. <laughs> I looked at that picture, I'm like, holy shit. It was February last year. <laughs> I, I know it was last year, but like, Man, I was like 270, depressed. I'm still depressed, but <laughs> I'm, a much, I'm much lighter now. <laughs> Dude, I haven't changed one goddamn bit. <laughs> you can look back at pictures from like 2012. I haven't changed one damn bit. Your Over smile has faded years. away, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's slowly, my smile has slowly started going down. Uh, so we did back to me. Uh, Sunflower. That track really surprised me. Man, those, they had the cleans. Oh my god, that. Because like when I read that, when I read the song title, I was like, "Sunflower, what the hell is this? Like, we're gonna get like a fucking poppy song or something like that." And I was like, "No." 
Really, really, really great track. Solid chorus on that song, man. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, Unbreakable. That's, that was the last one that I put on there. <sighs> Dude, I can't say that this, this band has released a bad album. They haven't. I, I mean, saw an album review for uh, Defy, and someone was like, this is this is for um, this is for people who listen to, like, Five Finger Death Punch, and like, oh, I'm so brutal. And it's just like, what are you talking about? Like, Aaron put, like, very poetic lyrics on this album, great riffs, like solid claims and whatnot. I think people just because it's of mice and men, and you know because a lot of a lot of teenagers who are just getting into the genre, they listen to a mice and men, and you know they're like they're those they're those like cringy teenagers who are like if you don't listen to heavy music, you don't listen to real music, you know shit like that. And it's just like oh my god, dude, what are you Jesus on about? Christ. You know, I'm pretty sure we've all been there with somebody in our life who just like yeah at some point i mean just like you don't listen to this music you poser you know <laughs> and but i think that's why a lot of people shit on a mice and men but i was looking at that review and i'm just like what are you on about dude like this is a solid record yeah I mean, I'm, I'm not one of those people that says like oh if you don't listen to this and you're like a fucking poser or something like i'm not like that but i mean over the years you know i've slowly grown more to this genre i actually listen to more of this genre now than my regular rock music now so um um it's like it'd be cool like if we had more people listening to this genre like i'm currently still trying to get tony into this genre but he's just not having it but uh i'm not gonna stop trying but he'll he'll find (laughs) one band that he likes he'll i'll 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 let him listen to cold world that'll probably get him into it because it's like it's not it's still in the genre technically even though it's like a different sound from uh from what they're generally known for but uh, I don't know. Well, I'll keep. Tr- I'm gonna keep trying though. He says. He says I'm not gonna convert. I'm like, man, you gotta broaden your horizons, just like I did. He's so more, he's more of like a signature, you know, just classic rock. Kind classic of wrong. He, classic rock, and he loves listening to grunge and stuff like, like that, like, which I do too. I mean, I fucking love grunge. Nirvana, Foo Fighters. Yeah, but I'm like, years, hey, you, know? you, you got you got to understand. Like, I I loved all the same music he does, but. He, he didn't he didn't do too much about expanding too much whereas where I'm the opposite where I just I went out and discovered new music and I've expanded far past that now man I listen to fucking anything yeah I think over the over because over the years man I used to listen to like I started listening to rap at first and then whatever the hell was on the radio which at the time was like Nickelback and like Hooba Stank and you know band like that because that's what used to play in the mid 2000s and Daughtry currently like, still you know, does play right but from there I went to like punk rock and pop punk and then hard, hardcore like post hardcore and then metalcore and then deathcore you know it's just like yeah I, it's I expanded just, everything you know I didn't I yeah didn't, and that, that's that's exactly what I did and honestly like I love that I'm still discovering new music every day. And I like I actually like that I've expanded just beyond, you know, what I'm comfortable with. And I, I gotta give credit to uh, YouTube channels that do reactions for me for me. Slam worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or channels like that that post these underground bands that, you know, in a couple of years down the line they blow up. Like I I gotta give credit to those channels and those little record labels as well. For getting me into these bands and keeping you know new music and keeping the genre alive pretty much because if it wasn't for these record labels if it wasn't for youtubers saying like hey check out this band i like them maybe you'll like them 
and then these bands get, you know, recognized and they get popularity, their reputation starts to grow. You gotta give it credit what credit is due. I mean, these guys, you know, they put them on a map in a way. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, <clears throat> I've, I've literally, been, I just listened to Slam Worldwide again for the first time in probably a couple months, yes, like a couple days ago. And, uh, I discovered like three or four different groups. Uh, Taylor was over here at the time. We were kind of just looking through YouTube and stuff, looking for more music. And we found like a good three or four bands that we had never heard of. Obviously, they're an underground band. But we actually liked a lot of their music. I'm like, man, I'm going to have to do some research on this and maybe see if we can make it into a future episode or something. Or if we can't make an episode, maybe I can do it, you know, so we can have uh, have some more stuff to put on on there. You know, whenever we're trying to space out time and we're not able to record together and whatnot but uh i'm really glad that i've expanded my horizons at least music wise you know over the last 10 years or so i mean i've, I've already discovered so many great groups over the last 10 years like if you would have known me like when i was like 13 we're talking like uh like 2007 to 2008 days you know we were all into rise against we were all into like uh we we're everyone was into guitar hero at that point and a lot of people were getting their music from that too. Definitely us. So uh, that's how that's how we discovered a lot of our music too. We were as well. getting our music from fucking WWE and SmackDown, <laughs> Smackdown versus Raw games, dude. Because I don't I don't know who the hell is picking their music, but whoever's doing it, they need to get a fucking raise <laughs> because everyone who picks the music for from all of the old games like picks some spot ass tracks. Admit it, like it's, yeah, it's, you have to admit that. That's true. <laughs> Even the old like GTA games had some pretty solid, especially like San Andreas. They had Hellraiser by Ozzy Osbourne. Like they had some great tracks on there, man. Vice City had a lot of good '80s classics. They had Guns and Roses on there. They had um, who else they have on there? They they had a whole bunch of people. Um, because you know it was it was a '90s. It's like a '90s rock station, and it had like all the popular '90s bands and stuff like that. Um. Now, I, I can't quite remember all of them. There was a uh, helmet was on there too, I believe. And then they had um, they had Stone Temple Pilots on there, uh, and I think they had Soundgarden on there. I think as well. I think they had like one track from Soundgarden on there. Um, I could be wrong about that. I don't know. It's been so long since I played that game. I really got to go back and look at the list of that station. But uh, bottom line is, you know. Our, our music has definitely widened over the last few years. I think that's why me and you initially have started this podcast because all the time at work, we would always talk about music. That was like the one thing we would always talk about. It would like, keep us going and it would kill time at work. Dude, the first group we ever talked about, I think, was Bullet, right? Yeah. And I don't even know how that conversation started. I just, I think, we just started randomly talking and then we just got onto the subject of music. Yeah, because I, I remember it was probably like barely a month into me working there you know because i was just there you were showing me around and whatnot i would just come do my job and not really talk too much you know maybe say what's up here and there then yeah. one day i was like what are you listening to but you always had your headphones and you're like oh i haven't listened to it yeah before before they before they took away the before they put the rule in that that made it to where we can't use them anymore outside so yeah. i'm like well, what are you listening to and you're like oh a band that hadn't released 
music in over a decade, trying to take a guess, and I'm like, you, know, you listen in a Tool? And you're like, yeah, how do you know Tool? I'm just like, dude, because they're fucked, because they don't release shit, that's how I know Tool. <laughs> dude, the last time they released something when I was like 12. Dude, I, and right now I'm like 25. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow. Anyway, we really diverted onto like, onto like another section, so... uh I don't remember the last thing we said about Defy. I don't know. I, I think I was naming off my favorite tracks and stuff like that, but overall, it was a really great album. Yeah, it was. So, <laughs> so let's let's move on to Earth and Sky. This was literally the next year. Uh, so Earth and Sky. What did you think about Earth and Sky? I think it was kind of a step up from Defy. For being honest with you, I like yeah. more tracks on this album than I did Defy. Um, Taste of Regret is my favorite. Mushroom Cloud was amazing. Um, Grave Dancer, As We Suffocate was a good one. Pieces I thought was pretty good. I mean, this it's a solid album, dude. Deceiver Deceived. Ooh, yeah, that was a good one, dude. I'm telling you, they haven't released a bad album. They really haven't. Uh, the title track was really fucking great. Uh, the Mountain, the Mountain, I which think, was a really great I don't track. Know if I listened to that one or not, actually. Yeah, you should go back and listen to it. That's a really good track. Um. So, uh, Grave Dancer, obviously, uh, Pieces, uh, Meltdown was also really, another really good one. Dude, imagine hearing Mushroom Cloud live. <sighs> Damn, man. That mosh pit would go insane. Right? Do you kind of, do you really just want to go to a concert one day and just see what a fucking, like a, <laughs> Dude, I mean, you, you go want, see like a heavy band. I want to go see a fucking I want to see like Slaughter to prevail. I just want to get fucked up. <laughs> they just released a new track too. I haven't listened to it yet, but it's called Baba Yaga. I want to go there and I want to come home and my mom sees that I have like three, like two black eyes and like a broken nose. She's like, what the fuck happened? I was in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I was watching a video and uh, there was this guy that was in the background of the video. He was wearing like a black and white shirt and it said, uh, I survived the Attila mosh pit. <laughs> the Attila Mosh Pit. Come on, man. That's a lot of heavier band than Attila. I know. It made me laugh. Though. I thought that was funny. Uh, What's the worst that's going to happen at an Attila Mosh Pit? You're going to get swarmed by 14-year-old girls? <laughs> Come on, man. You got to go better than that. I thought that was really funny, though. But, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, I did think it was a better step up than Defy. Uh, it had a continue that great sound that Defy had. Some really awesome riffs. It had a really amazing cleans as well. I saw a comment uh, under one of their latest releases from the, the EP, which we're going to talk about here in a second. But someone was like, uh, they, of Mice and Men had left the comic because they recently switched from being with Rise Records to Sharp Tone Records. Yeah. And, uh, Someone and they left a comment of like, "Welcome to a new era of a mice and men," and someone was like, "A new era? It just sounds like the same shit you guys have been releasing for the last two albums." Okay, Ed, they're good at it. They have their it's, sound. It's good. It's good. They have their sound. It works for them. They don't need to change anything. They're not. Exactly. Ar- they're not architect. They don't need to experiment. They don't need to change their sound or you know something like that. They haven't had a drastic lineup change. It's worked the last two albums. Why not continue doing it? It was really confusing uh, going like going through all the freaking 
uh, all the all the 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 changes from all of the, the the some of the members and the vocalists and stuff. That was like really throwing me off. I was like having trouble knowing who exactly I was listening to and who wasn't with the band anymore and who was actually in the band at this point. It was always it was always confusing to me. You got to give them credit, man. They 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 pulled it off. It did. I mean, like they like listening to all the records. Like you 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 wouldn't be able to tell that anything was missing. Honestly, like you. You get of mice and men, whether it's with Shaylee and Austin, whether it's with Austin and Aaron, or Aaron just by himself. Like they they were faced with the challenge on three separate occasions, right? Mm-hmm. With Shaylee leaving, with Austin leaving, and with Aaron having to take over. Three different occasions, they had to say, "Okay, how are we going to go about the band? What direction are we going to take?" And they all said, "We're going to do what the fuck we do best." Even if it with a new vocalist, we're going to pull this shit off. And they did it. Every single time. Not a lot of bands can do that with lineup changes. I'm talking about you, Black Sabbath. Good God. <laughs> what the fuck was that? I still can't believe that, like, we, when we talked about Black Sabbath, like, uh, I think I it was, I think it was late last year. <laughs> when we talked about, like, all, well, we didn't talk about all the albums. We just kind of... We had to skim through some tracks here and there because listening to 19 albums is going to be fucking like so much torture and like your brain is just going to get fried. So we, we skimmed, we skimmed through the albums and we listened to certain tracks here and there, but we did, we did name all the albums and stuff. We, we talked about the tracks that we did listen to from each one, you know, who we preferred and whatnot, things like that. So, uh, you got anything else you want to say about Earth and Sky? No, man, that's pretty much it. This, again, solid effort. They haven't released a bad album. And the EP, god damn, man. Some of the best music I've heard from a Mice and Men in forever. So let's get into that. Okay, so here's the thing. I wasn't able to listen to the EP, because I, I haven't even listened to Bloom yet, which we're going to do after this. But um, tell me about the EP and what I can expect from it when I go to listen to it. So here's the concept, as far from what I've heard from everybody in the comments and, you know, online and whatnot. Apparently they plan to release, I believe, three EPs. It's supposed to be all combined into, like, one album at the end of this year, right? But they're That's spa- going to be interesting. They're, they're spacing it out. Now, this EP is called uh, the Timeless EP, I believe. Now, the one... The Bloom is, is its own separate EP. Yeah. But this EP is Timeless, Obsolete, and Anchor. My favorite out of them has to be Timeless, because it has, like, that old-school of Mice and Men sound to it. Uh, but Obsolete and Anchor are solid as well. Great lyrics in all of these songs. Very heavy, except for Anchor. Anchor's a little bit toned down, but great, clean vocals. I think... Honestly, I think you'll like it. I think these will easily become some of your favorite tracks, and especially Bloom. Bloom is very poetic in its lyrics. And we're actually going to get into that here in just a minute. So I'm surprised you haven't been able to listen to the EP. Yeah, because I, I, um, I listen to my music on YouTube Music. Uh, when I was looking through all the records, uh, they don't pop up on my YouTube Music yet. The only, the la- they only show me the latest thing that they've done, which is Bloom. And all they only show me all their studio albums that I can listen to. But the EPs, so far, as far as I know, haven't, haven't popped up on there yet. But uh, I will get around to listening to them because I do want to hear them. 
And now that I've gone through all their the, the six studio albums, I actually can properly listen to them now because I know what they sound like now. So it's I guess it's been sort of a progression, starting from 2010 uh, self-titled all the way to Earth and Sky, and then now to these EPs. So I guess now I feel like I'm kind of ready to listen to them, because it'd be kind of awkward just for me to like listen to the latest music of a certain band when I haven't even heard what they sound like before all this. So I guess I guess I'm kind of ready to listen to them now. But I will go back and listen to these EPs. But um, let's go ahead and finish up and uh, listen. Do a live reaction to Bloom. Uh, I have not heard it yet. I've only heard like the first three seconds, which is technically still nothing. But uh, let's go ahead and check this out. You'll love this song, man. I want it to be too loud. All of their music videos are like that as well. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It's a four minute twenty second song. It's gonna take you for a ride, trust me. And this is their latest single. As of as of recently, yeah. yeah. That sound, though. Tell me, man, it's like a throwback to the old metaphor day. Yeah, yeah it, it does feel like that. I think this song wow. is about the uh, the pain of losing somebody, having to deal with that grief. Yeah. All the imagery in the music video. The riffs are like fucking insane. The fact that this is going to be put into supposedly one album at the end of the year, like goddamn, could be a heavy album. need to go back and listen to the EPs, but based on how this song sounds, song is going to be fucking awesome. Dude, the riffs sound fucking great. trying to I'm trying to listen to what he's saying while also looking at the imagery because the imagery is like freaking like it's like it's crazy It's a catchy chorus, and the verses sound really good. I 
the breakdown. All the imagery that I'm seeing is like awesome. imagery right there is like this it really makes you like think like what the hell you can tell how broken that person is in the music video what full ass motherfucker you see I wish I had that physique right <laughs> So that's the end of the track. That was really, really good. That was really, really catchy. The imagery like that I was looking at was like, it was really throwing my brain for a loop. What do you, what do you think of Bloom? Dude, there's nothing that we haven't already said about it. It's fucking phenomenal, dude. Yeah, we, we literally just reacted to everything in the moment. I mean, Bloom... That was a great-ass track. Dude, I'm, I'm so, so hoping that like sometime soon they release the next track because dude that is amazing man look look at look at look at uh nocturnals right there i can see the world ending to something like this <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah that was that was a really great track i'm definitely gonna go back and listen to the to the piece so what if before you go to sleep tonight they were they drop another track i'd, I'd be happy, happy but oh, at the yeah. same time like i'm like damn it happened on the day that we already did the episode. So, I mean... I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see what happens, but... Uh, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, pretty much sums it up. Alright. Well, uh, we just hit the 50-minute mark, by the way. So, close to an hour now. But before we go and end this episode, we've got to give you guys an update on what's going on. So, this episode, as you, as everyone knows... This is, our long, this is officially our longest season now, because we always end with episode 9. And this is episode 10 that we're doing, so we've already surpassed our goal of being going through a longer season. But we have one more episode to do after this, and it's going to be episode 11 of season 5, and this is going to be a treat for you guys. It's definitely going to be a treat, and it's definitely going to be a way to end the season properly, because what we're doing is we're going to be doing the longest episode probably to date. It is going to be really, really long. We're talking like hours and hours. But what we have plans to do is immediately after this, we're going to get started on it. It's going to take a little time, probably before we get the whole episode uploaded. But I'll give everyone an update on whenever it's finished. And we'll give you progress updates on how it's going because it's going to take a little bit of time. Not too much time, hopefully. But what we're going to be doing is we are going to be listening to Rise Against. That's going to be our next band. It's going to be our finale episode of the season for season five. But instead of just doing one album, we are going to listen to their entire discography, excluding the EPs. So maybe we'll do the EPs in a separate session and then do it later. But we're only going to be doing their studio albums, so we're not going to be doing any of the EPs. We just wanted to give everyone a heads up. Because we're already going to be doing nine straight albums. I don't think we need to pile on more with just the EPs. So uh, the eight albums that they have, or the nine albums that they have, I don't remember exactly how many they have. But we're going to be doing all of their current albums that are out now. 
And when their new album comes out in the beginning of June, it's called Nowhere Generation. We're going to be doing that one as well. So hopefully by the time we get to the end of this thing is when the album will be out and we can just go ahead and do it when it's already out. We would do a live reaction to that Yeah, we would definitely do a live reaction to that. So um, it's going to take just a little bit of time, so just bear with us. So after you're hearing this episode, we don't know when the Rise Against episode is going to go up. Now, I wanted to ask, how do you want to go about doing uh, the Rise Against album? Do you want to react to them live? Or do you want to listen to them, kind of give our thoughts of it? And then maybe, um, you know, build off of that. And then when no, when Nowhere Generation releases, it, we can do that as a, as a live reaction. Because as you mentioned, they kind of have long albums, Rise Against. Yeah, but, uh, but fortunately for us is that despite the long albums that they have, a lot of the songs are short. So even though, it may, even though there's a lot of tracks, it does make it easier because they're short. And a lot of the, a lot of the tracks are anywhere from one to three minutes long so do you want to do a live reaction to every single album because that's gonna be like a fucking eight hour episode (laughs) yeah i think it would be cool though i mean i think it'd be worth it because obviously we're not going to do it all at once so we're we're little we're just gonna we're gonna space them out we're gonna do one album per recording session we're probably going to do um maybe parts we could probably do um like let's say technically it'd be episode 11 but we could do like episode 11 part one and it would be like album one and two and then part two would be like three through five and you know just and then part four will be our live reaction yeah because um they're they have like nine albums i think and, and that might i think that's including nowhere generation that's coming out but this is just the way this is just generally the way that i was thinking about doing it now, after this, we can decide on what way we're going to do it, because either way, it's going to get done. So, what I was thinking about doing is we can literally, we can start with The Unraveling, because that's their debut album from 2001, and we'll do a recording session reacting to the whole album. And the album the album does have like 16 tracks, but each track, no, the tracks are no longer than three minutes. And a lot of the tracks are, are either one minute long, or they're like in the two minute range. So we're literally gonna fly through all the tracks really, really fast. And I've checked the total length time of all the albums and none of them come close to the hour mark. So even if we react to them live, which is the way I'm wanting to do it, we're, we're still gonna have plenty of time in each session after we're done reacting to them. So how do you wanna do part one? Well, like as far as records, what, what do you wanna go through first? Like one and two or one through three or? Well, that that we can we can we can figure that out as soon as we're done finishing up this episode. But uh, I was thinking we could just do one by one. Like we can do the first two today, and e- each album is going to be its own recording session. So like we'll do one recording session, we'll call it the unraveling, and then we'll do another one that's called you know revolutions per minute, and then siren song of the counterculture. We'll just do it like one at a time, just like that. But if we don't. If we don't do it that way, you just want to maybe try to do, put two albums in one session. We could do that, but I don't know. I just thought I just thought it'd be cooler just to do it one at a time because each episode that pops up is going to have its own name. So it'd be Unraveling, Revolutions Per Minute, Siren Song, The Counterculture, and it'll just go all the way down until Nowhere Generation comes out. But if you really think that it'll be easier to do two at a time, maybe, and just kind of save recording sessions, we can do that if we want to. 
I'd be okay with that. Either, either one works. I mean, it's it's going to be an interesting ride, but uh, we're literally at the 55-minute mark now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and end this real quick. We're definitely going to we're gonna get the last of the kinks worked out. But we just want to let let everyone know just to slightly bear with us a little bit because there's it's a lot, quite a few records we're going to have to do. So uh, it's going to take just a little bit of time. Hopefully, we'll actually be able to get it done within two to three weeks depending on, you know, how, how many albums we listen to and how much we do. So, uh, just bear with us a little bit on that. We're going to get it done. We'll be sure to give you guys updates on what's going on. If it, if it, if we hit a snag or if like it's taken a little longer than we think it is, we'll be sure to give everyone updates. Uh, you got anything else you want to say before we end? Nope. That pretty much sums it up, man. All right. Well, uh, we want to thank you all for listening our episode today of uh, Mice and Men. We hope you all enjoyed and we really look forward to seeing all of you in our epic finale that's coming up because it's going to be a long episode but it's going to be an interesting one. So we hope you all enjoyed and we'll see you all in the finale.